Welcome everyone into the room. You're listening to Sweet Sensation by Otis Kane off of Purple Blue. Here he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everyone? Hey. <laughs> Hello. We are jamming out to one of your songs while we let everyone come into the room. Yes. Welcome, everyone. We are back. We are back. We'll give it one more minute. Let people come into the room while we jam out to Otis Kane, who is on stage. Let's go. Mm. Mm. When I'm talking to you. you. Let me do harmonies, Otis. Okay. Come on now. (laughs) Can't you see? Uh, I love it. You know the words? Come on. Bruh, I've been listening to this for, what, five days? Really? I can't decide which one's my favorite. Hey, that's music to my ears. That's a good problem to have. What are your choices? So Run, and we'll talk about Run later, but Run is so powerful that I I think, you know, and Sweet Sensation is just, I feel like you're supposed to love it because it's like the first official track. It's just so... (laughs) It's so good. I don't know. I have different emotions <laughs> per song. Oh, thank you so much for, for saying that about both of them. Sweet Sensation is supposed to be fun. That's the fun song, you know? Like, it's a banger. Hey, you know? thank you. Thank it's you. a banger. All right, let's lower this just for a sec. You and know, have, mm-hmm. for, for me, listening to these records as they've been made over the course of the last several months, Mm-hmm. I thought I knew my favorite every time one hit, and then he just <laughs> would drop something else, and I just be like, "You gotta be kidding me, man!" Yeah, and, and like for me, like it surprises me because it's it's a it's a slow song and it's more of a ballad sort of, but the track "Angel," mm. it's the sitars, and it's just when I hear that track, it just I I get goosebumps, like it just hits me. At a certain a certain point in the song, there's something about that track that just gets me every single time. That's a to me. You're that's just a ready to cry. It's a. It's a <laughs> I don't want to cry. But <laughs> it's just it's just got a timeless vibe to me. It's just it's just one of those records. It does, and we're gonna we're gonna get into everything music wise, purple blue, because we have officially started and i just want to welcome everybody in this room to another episode of first on soundcloud's clubhouse sessions hey let's go welcome everyone so each week we've been chatting with the first on soundcloud artists and their teams to learn how they've made it to this moment to find out what they're working on next and so many gems have been dropped every week. Like, I just feel fortunate to kind of learn and hear how everyone has made it to where they're at. And, you know, this is really your front row and center chance to go behind the scenes into the artist's journey. So whether you're a fan of Otis, whether you're a friend, or if you're just someone who stumbled into our room, we're so excited that you're here. 
please follow the greenhouse at the very top, which is the SoundCloud Club, because you'll get notifications whenever we are doing um, a session like this. And uh, I'll explain how today is going to run. We have a nice power hour with Otis. And we're going to talk for about 45 minutes with him and his team. And then the last 15 minutes, we'll open it up to questions. So if you have a question already in your mind, I'm sure you will as we continue to talk. Hold on to the question for the very end. And I'm going to bring people up one at a time to ask their question. So um, welcome, Otis and Matt and Clara and Kyle. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Excited to be talking to you and, and excited to just be with everybody and, and talk about this body of work that Otis put together for real. For yeah. sure. And and if you were if you were here in the very beginning, we are talking about his latest album release, which is Purple Blue. Purple Blue. <laughs> Woo! <Hey. laughs> I love that. Yeah. I'm I'm super excited. And you know what? Um, to be real, Jasmine, like these are some of my favorite people in the room with us mm -hmm. right now so it's just you know it's just it's a good place to be i love it i love it it's a good place to be yeah and, and let's introduce everyone in this room and maybe because you love them so much maybe tell us who each person is yes okay so i'll start with the the person in the room i've known the longest kyle so, yeah yo i've known kyle for i don't even know how long. it's been a minute um <laughs> exactly. we go way back and you know when we were just like young having fun um, we're both like LA people and we were working together for years and then we kind of didn't work together for a while. And then he, then we got back together and he wrote good love. We wrote good love together. Yeah. And that was a, our first song back in probably like maybe four or five years. Mm -hmm. And it immediately became a single. So me and Kyle go way, way back. And then um, Matt is, uh, is, is my manager. Uh, he is he has honestly been one of the most instrumental parts on in, in making giving me a helping me build this career as an artist. It was really I mean, we'll get into it, but this guy is a master strategist. I love him so much. <laughs> he's truly he he's like my manager is my biggest fan, and I don't know if many people can say that, but he really is just like so encouraging, so inspired. I just love this dude so much. Um, you're, you're, so Man, you're the you're the beating heart, really. Like oh, I, man. you know. Thank you for real. Thank you. It's thank all you. you. And then, last but not least, Clara. So Clara, me and Clara, we don't go super far back, but we're we're both like, we both just like have kind of the same like creative thought process and just the way we work. We like to get things done. And Clara reached out to me, just enjoying my music, and was like, "Oh, you want to shoot a video?" And I had watched like, shows. I had watched shows that she directed on on Netflix, and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait! The director, you want to shoot a video with me?" You know, I was like, "Okay, <laughs> yes, let's go." And then since then, me and Clara have just become like really good friends, and we're we're so happy with what we've created together. So this is uh this yes. is pretty much the beginning of like I'm sure what I'm sure is going to be just a long, fruitful, creative relationship. Big time. And it's a yes. creative collaboration born from my loving the project so much because I heard the yes. music and I was like, I got to talk to this guy. And then we also found out that our birthdays are one day apart. So that felt pretty cosmically destined. Yes. 
Well, we're that's, basically like that's the same perfect. person. <laughs> yeah. Well, because my first question is always the most important question, which will reveal a lot between you and Clara. What zodiac sign are y'all? <laughs> I knew you were going in that direction, mm-hmm. Otis. Mm-hmm. Okay, just watch so... the attendance population drop considerably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are in the room with two Scorpios. Okay. Hey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, nah, we're solid Scorpios, though. You know, we're solid Scorpios. <laughs> I know it can go either way. I know. <laughs> yes. That maybe that's yeah. a song title in the future, Solid Scorpio. Yo, for Ooh. real. Okay, Jazz, you want publishing on that? <laughs> I just, I, you know, you, I just need like some good eats on a rooftop. I'm, hey. I'm easy, you know. I don't All need, day. I don't need any credit, you know. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll give ideas for food, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's good. That's cool. So your birthdays are a day apart, Scorpio season in the fall, and you just literally dropped. The video for "Can't Stay Away." Yes, yes, yesterday. Yeah. We just Why don't we jump yesterday. right into that? Because it's such a new um, piece of art that literally just launched and you know premiered yesterday. Maybe tell us. I know you shot it all on film. I would just love to hear like all the the vision and the behind the scenes about this video. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah. Okay. So I'll. I'll start with just laying some groundwork and then you can get into it, Clara. So, so like I said, Clara reached out to me on Instagram and I I love Instagram, first of all, but yeah, reached out to me on Instagram and she was just like, you know, I, I, your music is great. I want to talk to you. Like I would love to do. And then we talked and we just had this like kind of crazy connection where we were really speaking each other's language and then we just were, I was like, look, let's do something. I, I was in a place where I wanted to have a video that was, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of elevate my visual Otis Kane experience. And just the universe just brought Clara into my world just at that time. And and then Clara, I'll let you take it from there. Well, um, it's all true. <laughs> for the music I reached out on Instagram which I don't do often right you can imagine a lot of artists get a lot of DMs and I, I typically I go the typical route for music videos I've done in the past where you know the label or the musician puts out a brief and that brief gets sent to my reps and then the reps send it to the directors they think that are could be a good fit then we write a treatment and then the artists and label decide between the treatment. So it's a really convoluted process typically, but I was just, I really related to what Otis was doing musically. And I also loved what he had already established visually, which is, you know, I, I'm out of my depth here as the filmmaker talking to a room full of music people, but you guys know, like Instagram's such a great place to just communicate a visual style. And Otis mm. had done beautiful work with another filmmaker I know, Roman, and a lot of it yep. was really filmic and he had done a lot of um, primarily performance-based videos. And so Otis was like, I'm down to push into narrative style, you know, a, a music video that's not just me performing and looking cool, which he does, um, but, you know, <laughs> something that has like a narrative thrust to it. And so we vibed really well. We're like, this feels really good. And I was like, listen, you know, when you know what the single's going to be or what you would want a visual for, send me that track. And he was like, well, I'm deciding between a couple of tracks, sent me both. And then I was like, okay, well, when you've narrowed it down, let me know. And he, unlike a lot of people in the music industry, as you guys also know, is like extremely on top of it, like 
wonderfully on top of it. And like within a couple of days, he's like, it's going to be can't stay away. And I was like, great. Um, what's your schedule? And we talked schedule. And then I said, give me a couple of days to come back with an idea. And I marinated on it, listened to the song 150 times. And then I was like, how about this? And how about we shoot it on film so that there's some sort of aesthetic continuity with what you already established with Roman. And he's like, I love it. Let's do it. And that's how it came about. Yeah. And, and I just, I just want to interject real quick. I, I proudly had absolutely nothing to do with their process. Like I was just like, <laughs> they, these two creative people got together through Instagram and created this whole thing. And I'm just like sitting there and I'm like being the nervous manager dude. Who, I'm a Virgo, by the way. So I guess I'm like super <laughs> ridiculous about being on top of stuff or whatever. And I'm like, is, is it going to be ready on time? Are we going to have it on time? We're going to need it. We're going to drop the single. We have to have it. We have to have it for the album release June 11th. We, gonna, we need it a couple of days before. It has to process. <laughs> we have to pitch it. And I'm thinking all these things. And and then all of a sudden, I see the first version. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. This is, this is, this is pretty cool. And then a few days before, I get this final version. And I'm completely blown away because it looks like such a piece of art. And it's just a step above and beyond what, we'd done before and i'm i had nothing to do with it this is just two extremely creative people coming together and figuring this out and it was phenomenal oh man oh, matt thank you thank you matt That's well really i will sweet. say i will say clara me being on top of it is mostly matt making sure i'm on top it's of it the Virgo I, behind I, the Scorpio. yes yes <laughs> I, look i'm a i'm, I'm a creative i'm pretty on top of it but you know matt is like like even coming down to the song choice matt was like we have to decide a song so I, that's what i told you Clara. i was like look i need to figure out what song but i don't have i can't just kick the can around matt is going to make me decide at some point so <laughs> that's why you got to <laughs> i love it but what i will say is you're also really on top of communication and nah. like for any any artists out there like Honestly, how Otis communicated with me, how quickly he turned around his notes on the cuts that I sent him. And even just like the fact that when our video delivered, you gave me a call and you're like, go us. I love it. I love you. Rock on. And then when the video dropped, you called me and you're like, it's out. I love you. I love us. I love this. <laughs> you know, like you super communicative and really good vibes, which is why I'm unsurprised that you've attracted incredible people to you. And I hope mm. more people in the industry kind of act that way because y'all know it hasn't always been that way definitely definitely mm. 100%. well and i'm you know maybe i have a theory to that um and and tell me if i'm if i'm wrong but you know let's and we can even take a step back for a second because otis you're a multi-instrumentalist you're an experienced engineer you're a seasoned producer mm. and you handle most of your own production yeah. And I would assume, and we're going to talk about the studio that you opened with your friends. So I would assume that your brain has a lot of capacity and you're able to <laughs> multitask very well. Like, how how did you get started in this? And how did you become so multifaceted? Because it's it's a little crazy. Uh, well, thank you for, for, for listing all those things, Jasmine. I, my brain is continuously at capacity. So it, it does have <laughs> a capacity, but there's a lot going on in there. Um, yeah, you know, I started, I, I was a singer when I was young. 
and and then you know throughout high school I played I played drums a little bit I, I got a drum set and I, I played a little bit I played I played along to mostly like Nirvana and like NERD things like that and then and then in college so I was a I was I went I was in college for one year I was a vocal major and my roommate was a piano player and another roommate was a percussionist he was a drummer but he was just a percussionist that's what he called himself so I picked those things up I would and I ask questions I am I've always been the annoying dude who's just like can you teach me this can I learn this can you so just throughout my my time in music I would spend as much time with whoever I thought was good at something and just pick things up. So I don't really have a traditional education in most of like the, like I play the guitar, I play the keyboard, I play the drums, but I don't have a traditional education in those things. I just picked it up. And so I was, I was able to really soak things up. And after my first year of college, I was basically recruited by this producer named Nelly Hooper. He's a super producer. He, he, his credits like Soul to Soul, Massive Attack, Bjork, No Doubt, U2. And he, a friend of mine was dating this girl that he knew somehow. And he came over to this little studio that I had like rented. And he, uh, he was, he was like, yo, you're, you're really, you have something. You're really, and I just learned how to use, I was using Logic at the time. I had just learned how to use it. But for some reason, I kind of had a knack for like putting things together really fast. So I started working with him. I worked with him for a year. I was out in London for half of that. And I really learned production and, and taste from him. It just, I don't know if you, if you could probably hear it in my music, but I, I only add what's necessary. That's something that I picked up from him. And then other people along the way, this uh, other producer named Gavin Brown and just anybody I can get around who I thought could help me learn tools to be successful as a producer. And then, you know, I looked up to people like Pharrell and, and Kanye West. Those are two of my favorites. And they're artist producers. And I thought, you know, how do I do that? And and the, the main one is Quincy Jones, because Quincy was an artist producer and mixer. And that's what mm-hmm. I always had in my head. I was like, well, if I want to reach the the pinnacle, I have to also mix my music. So I would sit, I would sit with this. So one of the main people that I learned to mix from was this mixer named James Royo. And he's like, he produces a lot of records for Ty Dollar Sign now, but he he produced he, he mixed the big run that DJ Mustard had, like his first run. He mixed all those things. Um he mixes all the Ty Dollar Sign stuff now. So I learned really a lot of my mixing from him and then all the gaps I filled in online I was on I took a year where I was on YouTube for an hour a day just looking up something Mm. um so yeah that just I would just soak up as much as I could because I knew that the more tools I added to my utility belt the the better chance I had at, at success and really leading into this project kind of the culmination of all those skills you know, I don't have to wait for mixers. I don't have to wait for producers. I don't have to wait for anything, really. I can just work with the people who are who believe in the project. And then once we do our thing, I can just put it together and get it done. So mm. that's kind of the, the, the short story of like, you know, I have a lot of stories, but that is the cliff notes. Right. Well, you know, and that kind of explains the technical side. The 
the other side to it, which is that you are just so deeply soulful, like soulful, like the ancestors just are living <laughs> through you. I mean, for real, you know, like oh, where, thank you. where does that come from? Were your parents musicians? Did you grow up listening to soul music? So my parents, I, I, I don't really have musicians in the family, but my mom would just, all she would play, Stevie Wonder, Smokey, and The Temptations. That's what I was listening to. I was listening to that all the time. And she, mm. she liked feel-good music. She liked happy soul music. That's what she would play. And that's really just what would be on repeat in my, in my house and basically in my head. You know, that's like the soundtrack to my childhood. So, you know, and those guys, I mean, Smokey, I mean, come on. Stevie, just their voices and the and, and it all makes sense now. Yeah. And and the way <laughs> and it just hit me one day, the way that every time something that she would put on kind of put me in a good mood and and, and gave me that extra push to like feel good. That's that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do for people. I thought, you know, that's a superpower and I want to do that. You know, because it, it just brings more light into the world. And yeah, so that's that thanks. Thank you, mom, for that. But I also spent a lot of time with, you know, I spent a lot of time with Al Green. I spent a lot of time with Donny Hathaway. Um, mm -hmm. Bill Withers. Bill Withers is one of my absolute favorites. So, yeah, he's Sam Cooke. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's so funny. It, it's so funny hearing you say this, though, and we've never talked about this, but it, that that has to be part of why I was so drawn to your music, because... That's what my parents were playing in the house. Like my parents weren't into the Beatles and they weren't into like the British invasion stuff. They were into like the Motown sound and like the 70s soul sound. Like you mentioned mm. Bill Withers, like, like it was that. And then, you know, my, they were both into that. And my father's from Puerto Rico. So I was hearing like all the, the Fania stuff and, you know, Celia Cruz and, and Hector Lavoe and all that stuff growing up, Willie Colón and all those releases. And, and like, I feel a lot of that with you and and I never realized that that's the I knew you listened to Stevie I knew you I knew you liked you know Stevie and Prince and and, and Sam Cooke but I didn't know the extent of all the stuff that you grew up listening to and that makes a lot of sense why mm. the music you make hit me the way it did immediately and does all the time it, I guess we grew up kind of with the same influences I was suppose yeah totally yeah I mean those are the guys some of, I mean I'm sure a lot of people grew up listening to to these people, but I, it really affected me. Just, just the way, just the fact that I could feel good by listening to the music. Like it was like therapy. So, mm. well, they definitely speak through you, and I and I think we're all a bit like minded because I was raised strictly on Wilson Pickett, Sam and Dave. Aretha Franklin and James yeah. Brown. So mm -hmm. it was all classic soul. Right. That's why when I heard your album, I was like, oh no, no, no. They are they're speaking through him. This is not <laughs> even this is not even someone trying to be soulful. This is literally <laughs> another legacy artist that we have, which is so exciting. Um mm. and you oh, said that, that means you, so much, Jasmine. Thank yes, you. and I'm I'm a snob, so I uh <laughs> I consider myself <laughs> an annoying music snob. Um oh. You mentioned that when you were younger, you were singing. Um, you had a, a singing group in high school where y'all sang Brian McKnight. 
Can you tell <laughs> us about this uh, this group? Yeah, so it was elementary school. Um, it was in, I guess, sixth grade. Uh, and it was just me and some friends. I can't, you know what? I can't pinpoint when we all decided to get together and, and start singing and harmonizing, but we did. I don't know what the conversation that led to it was like, but we did. And we just kind of did it on our own. And we were singing and we were like, you know, doing these harmonies. And we kind of became like celebrities at our little school. You know, Aww. we were like, the, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, we were like, we were like the dude singing. And it was like, and we were... So it was, uh, it was three of us were brothers and one Filipino dude. And we were just doing it. We were just singing, you know? And I don't really, I'm, I keep, I'm trying to figure out why, like how this started, but I can't remember. But our coach in high school, I mean, in elementary school, had ties to the, to the music industry somehow. So he got us all together and we were kids, you know, so he got us together and, you know, our parents, and we all went to the studio, and we recorded, like, we, people weren't calling it EPs at the time, but it was an EP. It was four songs, and one of the singer's sisters wrote the songs, and we were just in there, and I remember the names, but I'm not going to say them. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us one? Yeah, yeah, come on. <laughs> one, one was called Boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's it. I'm, I can't give you any more than that. Straight it's kind of, to the point. You to give the people what they want. It's kind <laughs> of embarrassing, but I, I, I think it went something like, "You make my heart go boom, boom, boom." You know, we were kids. You know, that's better than half singing. the songs on the radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's age appropriate. Yo, so that was that. Um, and you know what? It was it was my first studio experience actually, and it was it was so young, and and I'm sure that's. That's one of the reasons why I was so drawn to, you know, just making music my life because I was able to have that experience. Well, and I want to I want to hear from Kyle right now, because what if and this is just an idea. um, What if y'all made a song and collaborated with Brian McKnight and Kyle produces it? Hey, that would be lit. (laughs) <laughs> you with it Kyle? I'm with it bro you already know I'm with it <laughs> Yo Jasmine you, you hit up Brian? You, that's cool Somebody get Brian to come in let's go Yeah let's I, go. I don't have a direct connect but I'm okay. sure Matt it sounds like Matt you know being the Virgo manager he is can figure it out I can so probably figure it out I, I, don't know, I don't know what he's up to right now but that, that would be kind of crazy just man I, I, would, I would love to see some type of collab there that'd be fun yeah, that would be dope. Super that fun. would be crazy. And so, and Kyle, like, tell us your story and how you and Otis, you know, connected and, and what your experience is in his life. Oh, man. So I've known Otis whew, for like a long, long time. So we, like you said, we started off writing and producing together. We had a studio and it was, uh, it was me and I was in a, a band at the time. We were kind of like NERD-ish and he was doing a majority of the music at that time then the band dismantled and me and Otis just started writing writing a lot more trying to get placements and pitching records to artists and you know unfortunately you know the studio that he had kind of shut down and then you know we fell out of touch and then we came back and the first song we did was was good love it was like we never missed a beat you know yeah Um, 
Yeah, man. It, it it's just like it, Otis is fam, so it's like I'm really comfortable working with him. It's never like any egos or anything like that. It's just it's very organic. We just have fun. Like our studio sessions are just like parties. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really crazy because you know sometimes you 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 lose touch with people. You get back. And you don't know how it's going to be, but I knew. I was like, yo, Kyle, let's just make some." I knew it was going to be hot. I wasn't even yeah. concerned, really, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that we, we were able to sure. get that song out. And it's so refreshing Love to do, like, my the, the type of music that Otis is doing is it's very refreshing because, again, like, we all grew up on that stuff. So, you know, it just – it was a familiar feeling when we started making this kind of music. So, which is dope. Really yeah, the support on that record is crazy too. Like just mm-hmm. just the the immediate love that we got, and you know having having Callie on it obviously is mm-hmm. incredible too. She's a phenomenal talent, but like you know the I I I, I sometimes am surprised by what records get picked up by DSPs and playlisted because you never sometimes you sometimes you just can't tell like what they're gonna actually go for, what they're gonna support in in certain places and what they're not, mm-hmm. and. We thought immediately it was a great record. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to say which record it was, but we kind of called the last minute audible when we heard the result of the Good Love record. Like when we actually heard, you know, what the final record sound like with Callie on it, we were like, damn, we have to switch the single. And we switched it like last minute. Yeah. And yeah, the right. DSP love has been phenomenal. I, it's like one of our most supportive records. Like the rate of the rate of streams on it, not to get nerdy, is like is it's it's one of the, it has one of the fastest growth rates of any single that we've put out so far. And and you know I think it's the production element, it's the vibe, it's Cali, it's a lot of different things. And and that was just a complete last minute audible once we heard the final product. And it's just it's doing really really well. So I'm so glad you guys came together and made that happen. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm just happy to be doing music with my family again, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. So that's that's it for me. Hey. And Kyle, how is the process, especially because Otis, you know, you're also a producer. Does it work more so where Otis, you know, come like comes up with something and then you build the beat and the song around it? Or do you both kind of create it from scratch together? We both created from scratch together, honestly. Um, we just kind of do what feels good. It's like we'll have a, like our songs, they start off with conversations. So we'll be like, you know, just what's going on in his life, you know, where he's at. And then we'll kind of just start jamming out, playing some chords. He'll get the guitar and, then, you know, from there they just escalate. And then we'll, we'll have a, a main loop and then we'll just do some melody passes. And in those melody passes, there's words and there's a concept. And then we just kind of build around that. It's just, we put the pieces to the puzzle. It's like, uh, like how Pharrell describes it. It's just like, you see the sounds, like where, what needs to go here, what needs to go there. So, and it's, it's just dope. Our vibe is just, it's just instant. We just feed off each other, which is dope. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, like just to give a little insight in the, in the process, because so we so this was a two day songwriting process. We started and we had we had a vibe, we had an idea, and then I went away and I like kind of moved some shifted some things around, just kind of you know, just in my room, not even at the studio, just kind of like and then I came back and I was like, Okay, Kyle, so this is what we got now. He's like, Okay, fire. So then we start like, Okay, let's change the hook. Kyle came with that, is physical. I was like, yo, he 
And he didn't even, um, he didn't even, he was like, okay, I'm going to keep coming with ideas. I was like, no, 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 that sounds like Stevie Wonder. Like, that's, <laughs> I love that. Just because, you know, like, the Stevie goes, da, 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 da. you know, that was such a Stevie thing. I was like, mm-hmm. yo, Kyle, this is it. He's like, you sure? I was like, yes, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, was a nice was, little acapella you threw down in case you It was a good vibe. Because you want to refit, do the whole line. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, could do the, I could do the harmonies, whatever. Okay, uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, and, and one thing I don't know if everybody knows is that at one point in your life, you opened up your own studio. Can you tell us this story? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, so I was able to open up the studio because I got ghost produced for a year and then I toured for a year with this artist named Lolene. So my first, like my first credit on Capitol records as a producer was on her album. Cause I did a lot of ghost producing for Nelly Hooper, but this is the first one where he was like, okay, I'll give you production credit on this. So I was like, oh, okay, that's what's up. Um, so then she was like, oh, I really love your look and your musician. Can you tour with me? Can you be my MD? Mind you, I had just learned how to play the keyboard that a year before. So I toured with her for a year as an MD and a keyboard player. So I put together her whole set and played keys on it. And, you know, me and my boy, we saved up, we opened the studio and it was it was amazing to have a, a place, but it was also a lot of work. It was the studio got so busy that I wasn't able to use it for the purpose that I that we opened it. We wanted to be able to rent it out, but also have a place to create. And at one point, I was just a studio manager. You know, that was basically my job, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really able to 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 focus on my craft as much as I wanted to. So. I mean, it was huge blessing, though, because that's how I was able to make a lot of the connections. Like, that's where me and Kyle met. That's how we were able to create together and and forge a relationship. And that's how I met a lot of the people that I have these longstanding relationships with who were, you know, who may have been at a certain level at the time, but are now like, you know, titans in the industry, so to speak. So it was amazing for connections. And it was amazing just to, you know, just the energy at that time. Uh, you know, a lot of people rolled through and it was really, really great, but it was a lot of work and it wasn't, it wasn't what I was called to do. I wasn't called to be a studio manager. I could have just continued, but I wanted to just continue to be creative. So mm-hmm. I ended up leaving the studio and just focusing on music straight up. But yeah, thank it was God. a great, yeah. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> experience though, but yes, thank God. Exactly. I mean, listen, that's probably another thing that led to you being so on top of everything, like Clara has said earlier, because if you're managing artists and studio time and budgets and payments and people switching up times on you last minute, there's a lot you have to be uh, on top of. Yes. Yeah, it was definitely uh, a lot of work. Um... Well, and also, like, there was another transition you had where you were doing more production and engineering and you decided you wanted to go from producer to artist, like really step out uh, and be like the star of the show in front of the the camera, et cetera. Can you talk about 
what that decision was like. Mm. It was. Oh, and Pink Sweats <laughs> is in the room. What up? Hey. Yo, what's up, guys? What's what up, man? Yo. What's up, bro? How are you, man? I'm well, I'm well. I was listening hey. to you, bro. You was about to dive into your response. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'll dive in. <laughs> so, so it, a lot. It was a lot to actually get me to that point because it, it was a big step. You know, production was, that's how I defined myself for a long time. And switching from producer to artist isn't, in the industry, it's not that easy to do because people know you one way, and it was it was kind of tough to 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 get people to think of me like that. You know, I, I when I would look for opportunities as, as an artist, it was it wasn't received as well as I thought it would be. It, it was more like, oh, that's cool, but can you produce something? You know, it was more that kind of conversation. And at first, I was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> A little bit hurt by that, but I understood it completely. I do understand that, you know, you have to, like, figure out how to do things and work your way into things. And so, yeah, that was that was kind of challenging. But what really made me make that decision was just this kind of, just this itch, you know, this thing in the back of my mind, which this is what you're supposed to be doing. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't shake it. And you know, the funny thing is years before I made an EP, I had like a small project, like five songs that I was going to put out. Actually, Kyle, I don't know if you remember this, but you co-wrote one of those songs. I don't know if you remember this, but what? <laughs> it's called, it was called Pass Me Up. Nah, <laughs> we do yeah. something wrong, so I, It's I, actually, it's really fire. And I was going to put that out. And I kind of just, you know, I was working on other projects and I didn't really know how to get my music heard at the time. So it was always in the back of my mind. That was the, that was the, the progression that I wanted to follow. And then obviously the pandemic hit and I wasn't doing sessions with people. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't producing for people. I wasn't in the room with anybody. And that was kind of the perfect time to say, okay, full focus. And then I hooked up with Matt and Matt gave me a schedule and had faith in what I was doing, which was huge. Um, and yeah, and here we are. Yeah, I was going to ask Matt when you came into the picture for this and what what it was like for you as a manager of saying, OK, this person is known as a producer and now we're going to bring him into the light as an artist. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's funny to me because. When when I hear him say that he was working with people as a producer and and as a writer, and he said, uh, "I I do my own thing as an artist too," and they just kind of like turned a, a blind eye or, or just like didn't want to hear it. To me, that's insane. Like I when I that's when I, what I was thinking. <laughs> that's crazy because anytime I've ever worked with anyone in a, in any capacity, you know, when when an artist or someone who has a a, a certain level of talent tells me oh you should check this person out that means more to me than a, a thousand people hit me on instagram saying i could rap you know what i mean like or, or i could sing like because it, it comes from a, a a professional understanding of what what matters and and what talent is and you know my my day-to-day -day, I, I i'm an empire it's a label an independent label and I, I i run streaming at a label called empire and i was actually reaching out the way i met the way I met Otis was, 
I was reaching out to a friend of mine who manages artists and who I respect a lot. And I, one of his artists I wanted to bring to Empire. And we were talking about that. And he was like, well, look, we can keep talking about that. But there's this guy that I really would like you to know. And just connect with him and just see if there's any way that you could help him. And I, because I respect him professionally, I was like, yeah, cool. I'm, you know, send me some stuff. Let me check it out. No expectations at all. And he sent me two songs. He sent me Happy Days and um, I think Don't Try, which had gotten some syncs. Like they got it. Like, you know, he Otis had already started putting out a couple songs on his own through some other distributor. And 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 he he actually picked up a couple of solid syncs already on his own. And. And I heard it and I saw like it just wasn't moving. You know, there was no movement with the records. They weren't picking up streams. They weren't getting editorial support. They, it just there was no strategy. There was nothing behind it other than what a lot of people do. Let's just put out music and see what happens. And we talked and it was the first conversation was we immediately it was like over an hour and a half, two hour long conversation. And we just we just got each other like that. And and it, it was kind of like. Let's keep talking, but we could build a strategy and we could build a timeline. And if you follow that timeline and if we work together and we build it the right way, you're as long as you're able to make the music, it's, it's you're not going to fail. And he's when he said to me, music will never be a problem, which to me is like amazing to hear that someone could be that talented and just be like, oh, making music, that's make writing songs is never going to be a problem. It's like, OK. If you got that covered and and you want this, I will go to hell and back for you. And we just started working it and just he, he he put together a bunch of records and we started out. We put together a plan. We had certain points we had to hit and certain timelines and deadlines we had to meet. And he he has always met every single one. And when you're working with someone like that, it's just a dream come true. And we've done this all, you know, together and you know, just complete mutual trust and respect. And it's all because, like I said earlier, he's the beating heart. It's, it's all about the music, ultimately. Whatever I do, it couldn't mean any, it wouldn't mean anything if it wasn't for that music. Okay, y'all need an air horn. Mm. <laughs> mm. Thank you, Matt. He's dropped the mic, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. That was beautiful. Uh, Pink Sweats, <laughs> I want to get to you um, now that you're here. Tell us about how you met Otis and what collaborating and, and just being friends and, and, and fellow musicians is like. Oh man, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we met like a couple years back and it was just organic and genuine. Like it's funny how like some people you meet them and you, you can immediately tell that there's like a genuine connection from like day one. It's like, oh shoot, like we kind of like-minded, very goal-driven and like we just all about the music. And I remember we were working on songs and then we started, uh, we started working on projects together for other artists. And I was just a songwriter at the time. And, um, he was a producer side on his own too. So we kind of was just vibe and work on stuff together. 
And from there, our relationship kind of like just kept building to outside the studio. Like, bro, let's kick it. Let's just hang out. You know what I mean? I would hang out with him. We like mainly food because like that's my thing. I like to <laughs> chop it up around a good meal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we would just be talking for hours about the things we want to do. And I, I always enjoyed that he was very, how do I say it? He was very, he, he was very like inquisitive. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't push things off. He just would ask questions. Like, yo, like, what's, what's this? Like, what made you want to do that? And like, I'd be like, dude, when I like spill my heart on like something, he's like, yo, I feel that. Like, I, I rock with that. And then throughout, Essentially, through he he knew me before I was an artist, mm. so it's kind of like he literally watched me put out my music and see it go from zero to where it is now, mm-hmm. and then just being cool and being homies. And anytime he ever feels like he wanted to ask me something, just from that first day, like we always had maintained a relationship, but from the first day, I always was like, "Yo, he's a super solid dude." So if he asked me something, I'm gonna push him to the right direction, and it would like you know I would try to like make sure if I'm in a certain place that makes sense, I'm like yo you should come here, like you should just be in the be in this this arena right now, cause something could happen. I can't guarantee anything, but the right people will be here, and it's yeah. in the environment, and I think you should be there. And he's very like. He never made me look bad. And I feel like in the music industry, that's one of the things a lot of creators we fear. It's like, dang, I plug somebody with something. I they about to drive this person crazy. Am <laughs> 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 I about to get a text or a call from the person I connected you with? Like, right. what is wrong with this dude? Like, he keep blowing my phone up. <laughs> so, like, I feel like as a friend, we built our relationship it started from music, but it gradually progressed into, yo, sometimes we don't even have to be in the studio to kick it. like, And that's kind of rare from my experience in the music industry because you can have so much good energy with somebody in the studio, but let you say, yo, let's go for a coffee, you can kind of tell people really rocking with you as a person or not. Mm. And like... That's what I always enjoyed about him. It's like, yo, bro, let's just let's just go somewhere regular and just talk about ideas, like what we want out of life, like things like that. Like he might he might literally have been talking to me about being an artist one day and I'm like, bro, you should just do it. Like, why not? Like which what do you got to lose? Like I yeah. did it. Like it worked. I wasn't like expecting it to go crazy but i was just like yo what do i have to lose i'm sitting here writing songs for artists and um you know you can't control these outcomes with these people you know and yeah being a songwriter is a it's an avenue but kind of like i'm sure otis can you know back me up on this it's like you might have the most amazing idea but if they don't want to do it you can't force them mm-hmm. it's kind of like puts you in a creative disposition where it's like you're making cookie cutter thing after cookie cutter thing 
But you're like, yo, I really want to do this. I want to do some soul Man. food. You know yes, I mean? yes. And I feel like he just kind of did that. Hey. Like, I, mm. I, I really hey. listen to his music too. Like, he'll send me a song and I won't even listen to it right then. I'll find it on my own. And then I'll be messaging him like, yo, this song. He's like, bro, I sent you that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had a couple of those. But yeah, I mean, so we're paying. I mean, yeah, we before he put out music, we were in the studio rocking, chilling, just laughing, you know, eating all the, the whole thing. But this guy has honestly been one of the most like encouraging, just like by example, but also just, you know, his words, he really, I feel like, you know what? It really helped me in my path because I feel like one of the main things that Pink does is lets everybody know that, yo, there is opportunity there for you too. I feel like some sometimes when people see their homies make it, they get jealous or, you know, but Pink is like, yo, yeah, I did it. You can do it too. This is is open for you too. You know, it's not like, well, I did it. Now you can't, you know? So we always kind of have that rapport and just having, you know, as he's going through it with the industry and, 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 you know, just kind of the, the things he's dealing with, he just is super open with me about what he's doing. And that helps me to kind of, you know, build a roadmap. So. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. It. yeah. It's one of my guys. Mm-hmm. Listen, you, yes, you got oh, a lot of people guys. that love you. You definitely have a lot of people that love you on this stage. Um, in a couple minutes, we're going to open it up to questions from the audience. So think about the question you have for Otis. And in a few, we'll bring people up one by one on stage. And then anyone just joining us, welcome to SoundCloud's first on SoundCloud Clubhouse Sessions. We're talking to the amazing Otis Kane and his fam, his team, who clearly love you so much. Um, I love and them. speaking, yes, clearly. I mean, y'all are, y'all are a tight crew. <laughs> and speaking of us being in the SoundCloud room, you know, what has your journey been like? Because everyone's journey with SoundCloud has been a little different. And it's really cool to hear like the entry point to when you found SoundCloud and like how it's helped your your own music. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, SoundCloud, I mean, you know, SoundCloud has, has, has been an important part of music in general. But I remember in particular, I had my my major connection with SoundCloud like the first time I really got into it was I started DJing. I, I just wanted to learn how to DJ. So I bought a... Uh, hey now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bought some equipment and I and I started doing it. And I was on SoundCloud because at the time it was harder to really find music. And I was on SoundCloud scouring like for the coolest, coolest music. So SoundCloud, I was on SoundCloud all the time. I had my computer open at all times looking for... And this was... This was at the time where it was kind of like like hip hop mixed with dance music. It was artists like Keys and Crates and then mm. Sango. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this, oh, you know, you drive me. It's crazy song. And then uh, what? who else? Oh, and Seven Thomas. When Seven Thomas was doing mostly sound classes before, he's obviously blown up now as a producer, but he had stuff on SoundCloud. 
And I would make these dope, dope, dope playlists for like my DJ sets. And I was just completely ingrained in SoundCloud. Um, that's where my first part, it's been a huge part of my, my music, my music, uh, my relationship to music for sure. Um, yeah. And then, and then now, obviously, <laughs> SoundCloud has been amazing. Just, just the fact that they really believed in in my music and and my artistry and 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 the visibility that they're they're infusing into this project and and the love that they're showing it. It's just, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, the team the team has the ear. The whole SoundCloud mm. team. This because the whole accelerator program for twenty twenty one. Everyone is just like I'm. Like, oh wow, yeah, you're gonna be like, <laughs> you're gonna be a superstar. Like, of course. <laughs> um, and it's no different with you, and especially you know with your latest release, which I want to talk about, Purple Blue, because like we said earlier, I feel like I get lost in a different emotion per song, and. Every time a new song came on, I was like, oh, shit, this is a banger, too. Oh, oh shit. Hey. Just, like, left and right. And you you don't have that experience too much anymore. Like, we normally have to pick between, you know, two, three records we really like on someone's album. But this is, like, every song. Um, and what Pink was saying, which is what it sounds like, was that you just really wanted to make soul music and just put your own music out. And I feel like this is the stamp into the world where you did it. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, me and Pink's conversations have always been about, we're doing things on our terms. We're making art. We're putting out the music that we want to put out. And, you know, that's always been really important. And also not, you know, not being really put in a box musically. But uh, so when I was making this project, I think, I wanted it to sound like an album, you know, like kind of the you know, the albums you used to listen to that had the the things that would weave it together, which is why I started with that intro. And the intro is just like basically a musical stream of consciousness. Like I was, I have a Juno keyboard. I was going through finding different sounds and literally I would just play, oh, this sound, cool, record. And I just had it on record and I just played all these different sounds next track another sound next track another sound guitar solo and then i i thought you know there's no drums how can i make it really interesting what can i do this weird i can do like a vocal percussion thing what so i started saying purple blue and i was like this is crazy i thought if i heard somebody else do this i would be like wow you're wild what are you doing you know <laughs> like <laughs> that type of thing you know just like weird enough to to open up people's minds to expression. Cause that's what I was doing. I was just being open. And so that's why I started with that intro. And then I did an interlude because I wanted to tie together the kind of light part of the album to the more serious part. And then I did that prologue with the, with the string arrangement because I wanted there to be something theatrical. I didn't want it to be a theatrical album. You know, I, I always kind of end the talk with and this can be for anyone who wants to share. And I think this is, this is, you know, good for anyone listening who either is like trying to make it in music or is adjacent to music or, or at least just, you know, found out at one point they wanted to pivot and really chase their dreams. Is there a story you can tell us about a time where, you know, you almost gave up, um, but you didn't? 
Yo, I think I got a crazy story about that. It's it's funny because when I met AB, I mean, I'm sorry, Otis, <laughs> I was literally in that mindset where I was like, yo, I came to LA and I like spent all my money because that was like my first time in like LA. And like I went there and I just had so much fun. But then I woke up one day and I'm like, oh shoot, I don't have any money. I gotta get back to work. Like I gotta, I have to make songs. And then when I was starting to do it, I didn't feel the love anymore because I felt like I was literally making songs, trying to make some cash. And then I kind of hit like a stride. Like me and AV had linked up. Dude, don't kill me, bro. I, I had <laughs> some wine for dinner. I um, <laughs> love it. I'm literally in the studio. And we're talking about music. And I feel like his energy and my energy charged each other. And then we ended up working on a project for another artist together. And from that exact moment, like literally, I don't think I've ever even shared the story. Literally, my life has only been going up. Like from uh. that exact moment. It was like weird. Because I just came to the st- I would come to the studio every day just... Super excited about making something new and creating something cool with this particular artist and try to make the best of this person. And it was like, I fell in love with music all over again. But prior to that, I literally was contemplating, like, going back home and trying to, like, just get, like, a, a normal gig and be like, maybe this music isn't for me. You know what I'm saying? And... Man, everything lined up one thing after the other, and it just kept going up, 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 up. And I'm like, oh, I did this. Oh, shoot, I did this. I did this. I did this. And I realized that I create from a happy place. I can make a sad song if I'm happy, but I can't make a happy song if I'm sad. Yo, that's crazy. That is so I'm the same way. I can only create from a happy place. Yo, yeah, me too. I'm the same way. <laughs> That's crazy, man. See, see, Jasmine, I told you this is my family. It's crazy, yo. True. The universe brings like the right people in your life at the right time. And yeah, I'm not saying like that's. I I just feel like that moment was something that was underrated to me. Like it mm. was like finding someone else who feels similar about the music industry as you is important for everybody because the one thing and the one mistake I really believe that a lot of us make in this business is we're trying to connect with everybody. Mm. We go into network events and, oh, yeah, I'm going to go network. And it's like, you're not networking. Nobody really wants to network at a network <laughs> <laughs> Like, to be real, people want genuine connection. And mm-hmm. throughout from that moment, what I was speaking on when I met Otis, I really locked on to the idea of not linking with everybody, but linking with the people who are supposed to be, you know what I mean, in my destiny, in my future, or whether if it's that moment, but linking with the people that make sense, not going out of my way to try to force relationships because I need a certain outcome to happen. Because yeah. it never works that way. You know, it's always the organic moments. And was Otis like 
the biggest producer in the world who like, oh man, if I work with him, I'm gonna get a placement with such and such. No, but it was that genuine connection where we're both in a similar space in our lives that could charge each other. Like we charge each other with our energy. We come and we showing up every day, putting our best foot forward. That singular moment literally feels like it was attached to so many positive things that happened after that. Yo, that's that's so amazing, bro. I remember I would I would go leave the studio, I'd get home, and tell my girl, "Look, this this is my favorite dude. This is, I love this dude. He's my." I would just tell her, "I'd be like, just I love him so." Much. <laughs> <laughs> bro, because when you find pe- you you find your people, it feels easy. Yeah, like, you'd be like, man, this is kind of cool, like. Because a lot of times we operating off of feelings. That's our business is feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's literally our business. So if you're not feeling good when you're going to work every day, you're plugging away in that studio, nine times out of ten, you're not making your best work. Some people yeah. literally only thrive off of being sad. But for a lot of us, we do need to be in a certain mental space to be able to create things that we're proud of. Absolutely. This is true. Yeah. And, you know... If, um, you know, Clara, Matt, Kyle, um, before I jump to Otis's closing remark, anything you want to kind of end with, with the people listening and those that are going to be listening to this on SoundCloud afterwards, any words of advice or closing remarks? Yeah, I I definitely, um, you know, speaking from, um, well, first of all, from what Pink and what Otis were just saying, you know, this stuff is hard. It, it you know it's it's not easy because if it was easy, everybody would do it. And I don't think you've worked in music long enough if there hasn't been a time where you just were like, I'm I'm done with this. Like I I I'm gonna figure something else out. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into something different. It, it's happened to just about everyone I know at some point where they were like, you know what, maybe I should step away and try something else, and then. It's like there's that movie quote, no matter how many times I try to get out, they pull me back in. It it if it's if it's meant to be, that could happen. But you you have to really be dedicated to understanding that there's gonna be some heartache and there's gonna be a lot of soul searching involved in the journey. Um but aside from that, for any artist or, or anyone, um, even if you're just on, you know, in behind the scenes side. I, and I stress this from the first day I ever spoke to Otis on the phone. It's you, you, it's really going to help you if you have some semblance of a plan. And it doesn't have to be every single step, every little movement you make. But have a plan, have a timeline, have a goal. Set something, and it doesn't have to be like, I want to be a, a, a multimillionaire superstar. That's crazy. Have, have, a, have a goal, a short-term goal. You know, I I wanna I wanna release a record, or I wanna I wanna learn how to use Logic, or and and accomplish those little goals and take those steps, and everything is a win, and everything that you accumulate it just takes you to the next place, and you build confidence. And absolutely correct, like what what Pink and Otis were saying, it's it's not always about knowing everybody and being everybody's friend. Along the way, if you do those things and you accomplish those goals, you're going to meet some real people, some real people who you can connect with 
who you can invest your time and your energy and your love and your hard work and ultimately your expertise into. And, you know, sometimes it's just the powers of, I don't know if it's just the, the, the fate of the universe or whatever, you get brought together with certain people. And when that happens, don't push it away. If it's, if it seems right and, and you believe in it, don't think about money. Don't think about any of that. Think about the integrity. Think about what your, what your goals are and what you can accomplish with that person and set realistic expectations for yourself and work toward it. And that's what we've done. And that's the advice that I would give to anyone is to set those goals and enjoy the little wins because eventually they'll accumulate to bigger wins. Mm. That was beautiful. Clara and Kyle, any closing remarks? Um, yeah, man, just if you're an artist or writer, don't, don't forget to have fun with this because at the end of the day, like, it's, we're, we're creating music. Our energy is attached to things that we put out. You know what I'm saying? So always just have fun with it. No matter what, if somebody keeps, if you hear a million no's and, you know, you're getting discouraged and things like that, remember, just keep going, have fun with it. You'll find the right people. Just like Matt said. So, yeah. I love it. Clara. Yeah. I love that. I love what all of y'all are saying, and I really align with it. And to go back to your uh, previous question, Jazzy, about a time I wanted to quit and kind of inspired by what Pink was saying, I was actually at a point of saying to my team and, and to myself, like, I think I'm done with music video. I, I had, And music video, like a lot of filmmakers, for me, it was a first love. And I felt like, man, that that industry, it doesn't want me or it felt like there were, it felt really frictive. Um, and I had transitioned into television. I was like, I should be happy here. Why aren't I happy? And I was like, well, because part of my heart is elsewhere. And it kind of reminds me of Otis, how you talked about wanting to be an artist, that you were successful as a producer. But part of your heart just knew that it was someplace else, that there was this little chamber in the heart that was reserved for another thing. And you kept answering that call. And so for me, even though, because part of my problem was I wasn't getting the music video briefs that I wanted. Um, and what I, my parting bit of advice, you know, obviously as the filmmaker here in a group of musicians, um, but that I think applies across all our art mediums is, is kind of what y'all have been saying. Like, don't, don't like pr pursue what you love relentlessly and accept a connection where it comes because I wasn't getting briefs you know, that, that were the kind of, you know, y'all, I'm very grateful for every opportunity that has come my way, but literally in my inbox right now, I have a brief for a large budget music video for a Australian EDM band, which mad respect, it's not my vibe. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah, is there, yeah, Matt and Otis, you know me and my work at this point, like it's kind of not what, it's not what gets me out of bed. Um, and so, but I was like kind of hurting over the fact that like, man, how do I get align with the artists that I like. Um, and so with, with the case uh, with Otis, I extended myself and I stopped kind of pitying my situation. And I was like, okay, well go for what you want, Clara. And if it's not meant for you, it won't come back. But then I was blessed with this opportunity with this person who was like, I see you, I feel you. And you know, I don't, I haven't directed a hundred videos in his world of music, but he could feel my heart. He had seen my work and he 
felt like we would be a good fit. So that's the bit that I want to extend is just like, even if it feels like it's not coming to you, it might be coming to you just not in the form that you thought. And it might just take a little extra step and, and ingenuity on your part and creativity on your part to go to the thing that you want. Love that. That's so Ooh, that's true. A gem. Mm-hmm. That's a gem drop. Otis, uh, any closing thoughts to the, to the fans? Um, I honestly, thank you so much for listening to my music, for vibing with me, for really, uh, you know, I, I put so much stock in gratitude. I spend so much time every day on gratitude and just being thankful for everybody in my life and all the blessings in my life. And, and I think that's one of the most important uh pieces to 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 my puzzle you know it's one of the things that when i started that all the right things just started falling in into place you know i started i started putting so much time into gratitude and you know matt came into my life you know i spend this time and clara comes into my life you know and and kyle comes back you know these things it's like all these things are falling into place and i'm not <laughs> I'm not orchestrating them in any particular way. I'm just, you know, watching them unfold and keeping my head down and, and, and making my music and, and, you know, doing what I love to do. So I'm just so grateful for everybody who's here talking with me, you know, my friends, my people, and, uh, and all the people who listen to the music. I love it. Yo, y'all are a real ass crew. Um, <laughs> all, all I'm requesting is that when you start to tour or you have a show in Los Angeles, I would just like a VIP ticket. Um, I'll, Fine. I'll wear my SoundCloud tee or, or sweatshirt. We need some SoundCloud merch. So you could be like, Oh, that was Jasmine. that we did the SoundCloud talk. <laughs> Yo, ja- no, we, we need you on the, on the interlude. Listen, I'm ready. I got a, I'm, I'm I got a SoundCloud zoom recorder right here. Like, okay. What, what you need. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all got you guys are just the best and i can't wait to meet in real life and i want to thank everyone who's tuned in please please don't forget to follow the little greenhouse on the top that's the soundcloud club we are doing this every week talking to the first on soundcloud artists this has been such a great talk y'all just dropped so many gems and i'm excited for people to hear this afterwards too so that they can ingest like all of the good advice and words of wisdom that y'all talked about today thank you so much jasmine thanks everybody at soundcloud too you guys are real for real we appreciate thank you for having us thank you you so much all All right everyone thanks again we'll see you next week and please go listen to purple blue and watch the brand new video that clara directed can't stay away which is on purple blue and catch y'all on the flip side thank you everyone drop the alarm drop the alarm let's go (laughs) 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 thanks guys have a good one thank you thank you thank you